Welcome to Not A Christian Podcast. It's not a Christian podcast. It's a podcast that happens to be Christian. In this podcast, we tell stories, we talk about life, faith, and pretty much anything else you can imagine. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Welcome back to the show. It's not a Christian podcast, episode 87, right here on Saturday, December 3rd. Like I said last week, each weekend or week, haven't really decided yet how I'm going to do it. Uh, there are going to be two episodes of Not a Christian Podcast, so there's this one today. Uh, got a little bit late coming out, but it's here now. Uh, and then you can be looking for the other one tomorrow on Sunday. Uh, and then after that, who knows what's going to happen for the rest of the month of December, but I do intend on sticking to my promise that I made two episodes of Not a Christian Podcast every single week for the month of December just to help kind of make up for the inconsistency that's happened uh, in the latter half of 2022. But this week I, I bought some speakers on Facebook Marketplace. And, you know, if you've, if you've listened to the show for very long, you know I've had some adventures on Facebook Marketplace. This one, in the grand scheme of Facebook Marketplace adventures, does not rank very high. Uh, but it's a in, somewhat interesting story. <laughs> uh, so I found some speakers and I thought like, I could have just have some, an extra set of speakers to hook my record player up to. Uh, I thought it'd be nice. So I I went and messaged this guy. He originally had them for $45, but then he updated the price to $20. And I was like, man, that's a steal. And based on the picture that I saw that he posted, I was thinking these were maybe like 18 inches tall. There were two of them. So I thought, hey, this would be a nice little addition. They're Panasonic, decent brand. The, the, the listing said that they worked. So I messaged the guy. They're listed for $20. I message him and I say, hey, uh, can I come and pick these up sometime after five today? He's like, yeah, sure. Here's my address. Well, I get there, my $20 bill in my pocket, and the dude brings out the first speaker. And this thing's like three and a half feet tall, like a one foot by one foot square. So, I have these giant speakers now, and I don't really have a place for them. I haven't even hooked them up yet to like see what the sound quality is. But anyway, I've got some giant speakers now, and I was at that point in the purchasing process where I just didn't know after I saw them, like, would it be okay for me to say no now that we've gotten this far? Um, but I said yes because it was it was twenty bucks. I could probably easily sell, turn around and sell them for at least that much, maybe more. Um, so I'm not super worried about it, but I have some giant speakers now, some old Panasonic speakers. So anyway, like I said, not a super interesting story to kick off today's pod, but here's an interesting story, story out of the news this week. It's been a while since I've just done a strange news story, but I came across this one and it, it caught my eye. It's very intriguing. Have you heard about this? New York City, famous for having problems with rats out in the streets, in the subway station, digging through people's trash in people's basements. So the New York City local government is launching a campaign. And to head up that campaign, they are looking for a director of rodent mitigation. And this is a job that that's sole purpose is intended to help combat the rodent population, the rat problem, in New York City. So you may be wondering, what what all could it take? Well, I'm glad you're asking. I'm glad you're wondering these things. What could it take to be New York City's next director of rodent mitigation? Or as people of the internet have lovingly started to refer to it as the rat czar. So if you wanted to become the next rat czar of New York City, some of the qualifications are that you have to have a bachelor's degree. That's right. To fight off rats, you had to go to college. You have to have five to eight years of relevant experience. Don't really know what relevant experience or comparable experience of being a rat czar would be, but that's what you have to have. And finally, it says you have to have the drive, the determination, and killer instinct necessary to fight the real enemy. New York City's relentless rat population, and some other things that it says you should possess are stamina and stagecraft 
to defeat the army of rats. And an excerpt from the job posting says that despite their successful public engagement strategy and cheeky social media presence, rats are not our friends. They are enemies that must be vanquished by the combined forces of our city government. Rodents spread disease, damage homes and wiring, and even attempt to control the movements of kitchen staffers in an effort to take over human jobs. Cunning, voracious, and prolific, New York City's rats are legendary for their survival skills, but they do not run this city. We do. And finally, the job description said that whoever applies for this should have a swashbuckling attitude, crafty humor, and a general aura of bad and I'm not going to say that word because this is a family show, but I think you can infer what it might be. At the Department of Sanitation News Conference, New York City Mayor Eric Adams said, I hate rats, and he signed four new pieces of legislation to help keep rats out of the city, and he said, we are going to kill some rats. Of course, all this legislation hasn't come after a lot of research. Uh, Benjamin Miller, he authored a book called The Fat of the Land, Garbage in New York in the Past 200 Years. And if you've never been to New York City, you may not know this, but there is a huge, also like a trash problem. They don't have really a very organized way of taking people's trash. Basically, whenever your day is, you just take your trash and dump it on the curb. There are no trash cans to dump. There are no dumpsters. You just take it and set it on the curb, and then collection comes by and gets it. So a lot of people complain about that because if you walk on New York City streets on a particular day in a certain neighborhood, there's just smelly, steamy trash all over the place. Uh, so, so Benjamin Miller, who authored this book about New York City trash, he said, Our current collection system is heavenly for rats. And he says, back in the day, New York City, by law, required the use of metal trash cans in order to avoid rats. But that is not the case anymore, so the, the rat problem has been confounded over the past few years. And, you know, you would think, you would think that, that New Yorkers would be able to rally together and say, yes, we need to launch this, this all-out assault on rats. We need to find this rat czar who is going to be bloodthirsty enough to eradicate all of them and, and take back our city. You would think every New Yorker, every person could rally behind this, but think again. Enter in Juan Ignacio Sanguinetti Sheck. That is a human's name. That's a person. I know it sounds like a villain, and this whole thing is, <laughs> is set up kind of like a comic book. We, we've, we're calling out for this hero, this rat czar, to come and solve our problem. We've got the enemy, the rats. But then we've got Juan Ignacio Sanguinetti Sheck, who is a postdoctoral fellow in organismic and evolutionary biology at Harvard. And he has studied rat behavior extensively in his life. And when the New York Times sent him this story about this hunt, this calling of a rat czar, he asked if it was a prank, but it indeed is not. Brown rats, the type of rats that New York City struggles with, are an invasive species, but Juan Ignacio Sanguinetti Sheck said, so are we. And some people may argue rats can carry salmonella and leptospirosis. That's just, I don't know what that is. It's just a word that I looked up. And those things can cause death. But Juan Ignacio Sanguinetti Sheck says, but they're also very social, intelligent, and playful creatures. And he has taken offense that people are treating this rat czar position like it's a joke. He said, it's no joke to manage a living population of animals in a town. Obviously, the rats are there because humans are there, and they're kind of living together in the same urban jungle. And Sanguinetti Sheck has described himself as a ratvocate. <laughs> and he wonders why is it that people are comfortable with other rodents like squirrels that can also sometimes carry disease, but not rats. And he says some people think it's something about the naked tail that rats have versus the fluffy tails that some other rodents have. So not every New Yorker is behind this. I don't even know if Mr. Sanguetti Sheck is a native New Yorker because he works at Harvard, but he's not happy about this. But I've got some I've got some rough news for people who are out there listening to Not a Christian podcast and may want to apply for this job. Unfortunately, you have to be a New York City 
resident for at least 90 days before your application. So you could still do it if they don't find someone in the next three months. If you move to New York City today, you could begin your residency uh, and hopefully in three months, no, no swashbuckler has applied for this job and has already gotten the job before you can get it. Uh, but there's also a $170,000 a year salary, which I thought was pretty cool. And then I remembered it's in New York City. So $170,000 a year could buy you a nice 120 square foot apartment for only $3,200 a month. But anyway, when I went to New York City, I loved looking at the rats. I thought they were fascinating, especially when you're in the subway stations and you're up on the platform and they're down there on the tracks just seeing what they can get their little grimy rat hands on. Uh, so they're nice to watch from a distance, but I understand if you're a New Yorker, uh, they, po they pose a lot of threats, cause a lot of problems. So I, for one, I do not agree with Juan Ignacio Sanguinetti's check. I think we should we should step up efforts to eradicate the the rats in New York City. I think we could do a game show about this where we could have the the next the next director the next rat czar of New York City determined by a game show. So you would have like some rednecks come out, probably a guy that was like ex-military. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. So I think it's a great story. I'm all for the eradication of New York City rats. Uh, because lots of memes and funny stuff could come from it. Uh, so that's that's today's weird news story. That went a little bit long. So the rest of the episode uh, is mostly just bracketology for the Christmas movie throwdown tournament. Uh, so just stay tuned to listen to my opinions on a whole bunch of different Christmas movies, and I'll let you know uh, more details on how to enter the bracket challenge if you want to enter, but also what what movie I think you guys are going to vote as the greatest Christmas movie of all time. And then stay tuned to the very end of the show, and I'm going to give you my recommendation of the week. So buckle up. It should be a good time. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. So it is that time. It is that time for me to do my bracketology and, and tell you how I think this year's Christmas tournament is going to go and just a few notes on the Christmas tournament. Uh, as a break from the usual, uh, this one's only 32 seeds. As I listed out Christmas movies, there really aren't 64 that are like super popular. And really outside of the top like 32 to 40, there were none that had a legitimate shot at winning this whole tournament. And even in this field of 32 I have in front of me, I think there are really only maybe five movies or so that I wouldn't be surprised to see win the whole thing. So so only a 32-seed bracket this year. That'll be a nice break. Uh, for me, it's, it's a lot of work to make all the graphics and do all the things. So a smaller... A smaller field is is makes it a little easier on me over the Christmas holidays. But just just a few things about this bracket challenge uh, before we dive into my predictions. First of all, I have nine brackets submitted already, so including mine, that makes ten. So we have a shot. We have a good shot. Uh, there are some usual suspects, some some frequent flyers, some common competitors if you will, uh, that haven't submitted one yet. So if all those do, this could be our biggest bracket challenge ever. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Like I said, nine already in, 10 including mine, but uh, still a few of you to go. And you know, if you're listening to this and you've never submitted a bracket, submit a bracket. You have until Wednesday, December 7th at 5 p.m., that's when voting will begin, so go ahead and get a bracket submitted. But if you haven't filled out your bracket yet, I've got a few pointers that I think are going to be important here. So first of all, because it's a smaller bracket, it's going to be a tighter race because there's not another round as like an eliminator to, to kind of isolate certain people. So I think it's going to be one of the closer bracket challenges we've ever had. I think a lot of people, as I've looked now at y'all's brackets, and just a note, I don't look at other people's brackets that they've submitted before I do this. So with those nine brackets that have been submitted, it would be really easy for me to say, oh, a lot of people have this one going very far. That probably reflects like the public sentiment about this movie. Therefore, I'm going to pick it to go far. Uh, I, I make my bracket ahead of time 
and I have it filled out. And even if this episode isn't coming out until like a week after I revealed the bracket, I already made my bracket a long time ago. Uh, I don't use people's brackets that have been submitted as like a benchmark or a standard to, by which to make my bracket because you guys don't get to see other people's brackets ahead of time. It would be unfair if I made my bracket according to other people's brackets. So anyways, now that I, since I made mine, I've gone in and looked at some of the submissions and as you send them to me, I might make comments on them. Uh, but know that I don't base my bracket on your brackets that you've submitted because that would make it an unfair competition. With all that being said, a lot of people have like the same the same view making it into the final four. So I think the early rounds are going to be very important. I think the early rounds are going to be where you get those points. It, it might be a two-point race this time or a three- or four-point race this time that determines first place from second place. So getting it accurate in those early rounds is going to be very, very important. And finally, I don't think there are going to be a ton of upsets in this round, but when they do happen, they're going to be important. Because like I said, it may come down to just a couple points when, when all is said and done to determine the winner of this thing. And, and so to, to get those upsets when they happen, you know, don't go crazy with the upsets because I have a feeling that not very many first round upsets are going to happen. Maybe not a whole lot of big second round upsets, but once we get to the elite eight final four, uh, those could be big because they're worth double the points. Uh, if you're filling out a bracket and finally the tiebreaker question, which percentage of the vote will the winner receive in the championship matchup? Boldest prediction I've ever made on a bracket challenge. I think the, the winner is going to be determined by that this time. That's how close I think this thing is going to be. I think we're going to have a tie at the top. A tie for first between two, maybe three people. And that tiebreaker question will determine the difference. And I kind of hate that it has to be that way, but that's kind of what we've established here on the show is that that tiebreaker answer, that's how we've determined like between fifth and sixth place before, maybe like between ninth and 10th place. It's happened a few times, a couple times, but it's never happened to determine the winner. But that is my bold prediction. It is it's going to happen this time. So really think about it. Really think about what your matchup is, how you think it's going to go, and what the percentage is going to be. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into my predictions. I'm going to walk you through every single matchup, give you my opinions on each and every movie, if I've got any, and then I'm going to continue to uh, go all the way to the championship, tell you who I think is going to win, what my tiebreaker answer is. Maybe this will help you make a bracket, inspire you to make a bracket. Remember, if you win the whole thing, you get a $25 Amazon gift card, and anybody that beats me will win a Not A Christian Podcast sticker. And with the amount of people that are entering this tournament, if I don't do well, I might be giving away a lot of stickers this year. Uh, so, so let's start on the left side of the bracket, the Holly region. We've got the one seed versus the 16 seed. It's a wonderful life versus the lemon drop kid. Uh, it's a wonderful life. It's like the a number one seed for a reason. I think when somebody thinks of like classic Christmas movies, this is the one that they think of. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily the funniest or the most modern or the most like the coolest movie to like, but I think depriving it of a one seed would 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 be a robbery so we're gonna go ahead and give it a one seed and i will admit i've never watched this movie i started it last night watched about an hour before i got tired and went to bed and it was good and i'm gonna finish it so in the results episode i will definitely have it finished by then and i'll let you know my thoughts but for now i don't have strong opinions on this movie because i've never seen the whole thing and i'm kind of ashamed to admit that because and in my family we play christmas trivia every year and throughout the years i think i've gotten to where I win more than anyone else, but there are a lot of questions about It's a Wonderful Life that I just have to pass on. So honestly, my biggest inspiration of watching It's a Wonderful Life is so I can get those questions right and continue my reign of terror in my family's Christmas trivia game that we play uh, every holiday season. So uh, It's a Wonderful Life versus the 16th seed, the Lemon Drop Kid. This is another one I've never seen before. Uh, it's a uh, It's got Bob Hope in it. He was like a famous comedian. Other than that, I can't really tell you that much about it other than it's an older movie. It came out in 1951. Uh, the Christmas trivia game that me and my family play 
that's that's the reason I know this movie exists. There are quite a few questions over it, but I've never seen it. Uh, but I think It's a Wonderful Life is going to win this matchup quite handily uh, and move it on into the round of 32. Next up, we have an 8-9 matchup, and this one's going to be an intriguing matchup. We've got the 8-seed Scrooged, which has Bill Murray in it, and we've got the 9th-seed Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, there were two Miracle on 34th Street movies that have been kind of popular over the years. But the the more popular one, I think, is the more classic one as well. And it came out in 1947, black and white movie. Um, I've never seen A Miracle on 34th Street. I have seen Scrooged. It's basically, uh, well, it came out in like the 80s, but modern to the 80s version of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens uh, with some, of course, it's got Bill Murray, so it's got some comedy mixed in there. Uh, I think the eight seed Scrooged is going to beat Miracle on 34th Street. Miracle on 34th Street is a more classic movie, but I think more people uh, are going to appeal to like the modern sensibilities here, and Scrooged will be in this bracket. Scrooged actually got into this bracket on a vote-in because I I needed some help in determining some of the seating here. Uh, so I had this one, Scrooged. Up against Jack Frost, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, and Fred Claus. Uh, Scrooged won it in a pretty close matchup. Uh, it got 35% of the votes. Jack Frost got 29. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer got 20. And then Fred Claus got 16. So anyway, I think Scrooged is going to move on into the round of 32. Next up, we have got Home Alone 2, which is the 5 seed, going up against The Year Without a Santa Claus, which is the 12th seed. The Year Without a Santa Claus is a claymation movie, 1974, so that's when claymation was at its height. <laughs> they loved their claymation back then. Uh, it was I remember watching it as a kid, and it was enjoyable, and I think I've watched it recently since I've had a nephew in the past maybe couple Christmases, and it's a solid movie. Uh, I don't hate it. It is meant for children. Uh, and then we've got the five-seed Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I think everybody will agree that this one isn't quite as good as Home Alone 1 or the original Home Alone, but it, it definitely holds its own. That's why it's a five-seed here. Uh, I've got Home Alone 2 moving on, which I'm fine with. A Year Without a Santa Claus, like I said, it's a good kid's show, good kid's cartoon, but I, I'm not overly attached to it. I'm not as attached to it even as I am other animated shows and Christmas specials uh, from when I was a kid. Next up, we've got the fourth seed, Jim Carrey's Grinch, which came out in the year 2000, and it's going up against the Santa Claus 2 with Tim Allen, which came out in 2002. So a couple of, of movies from the same era right here, and the Santa Claus 2, I think everybody would agree, it wasn't as good as the Santa Claus 1, but it's pretty solid. I've watched it a couple times throughout the past few years. Um, it's, it's a good story, but I don't think it has a chance against Jim Carrey's The Grinch. Jim Carrey's Grinch is probably a top five, definitely a top five Christmas movie for me. I was like seven years old when it came out in the year 2000. I remember watching it in theaters. So I was right at that prime age when that would be appealing. Uh, it's funny. I have a three, almost three-year-old nephew and we watched it, tried to watch this one the other day. Um, but he got scared pretty early on. So not quite for young kids. Um, but as a seven-year-old, I loved it. And it's still got, when I was a kid, there was one, there's one scene from The Grinch that I would lose my crap every time. It was <laughs> when he's in his cave and he's screaming and his echo is like yelling back and it's annoying him. And he's like, stop copying me. And the, and the echo says, stop copying me. And then The Grinch yells out, I'm an idiot. And his echo says, you're an idiot. And like, for whatever reason, when I was a kid, I would lose my ever loving mind during that scene. Just laugh so hard. And I still laugh at it. Not because I think it's hilarious, just because I, it's like that moment in the movie that I'm just waiting for the whole time. So when it finally happens, I'm just like, yes, this is so funny. So satisfying. But anyways, The Grinch, one of my favorites. Uh, I think it's going to move on over the 13th seed. Next up in the Holly region, we've got the 6th seed, A Charlie Brown Christmas versus the 11th seed, Four Christmases. Four Christmases is about a family who, because of divorce, has to go see like this guy's parents who have each have a new marriage and then the wife's parents who each have a new marriage. I don't think I've seen this one before. I, it's got Vince Vaughn in it, so maybe I have, maybe I haven't. I'm not sure. Um, if I did, that means it was kind of forgettable. Uh, but maybe I should go back and watch it. It's going up against a Charlie Brown Christmas. 
And to be honest, y'all, I don't get the hype around Charlie Brown, really any of it, but especially the Christmas one. That Christmas album, it's creepy and annoying. I don't like to hear children sing. And that's what a Charlie Brown Christmas is. I think enough people, it's just like one of those association things where people associate that with Christmas. So therefore, it's going to move on in this round. It's going to move on over four Christmases. But I don't get the hype. I don't get it. But anyways, I think a Charlie Brown Christmas is going to move on. Next up, we've got the Claymation, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer versus the 14th seed Die Hard. And here's the thing about Die Hard. I've never seen it. So I can't really give an enlightened opinion on whether or not it's a Christmas movie. But when I polled you guys, I asked, you know, what are what are some some Christmas movies that you might consider to be the best of all time? Well, my friend Will submitted Die Hard, and I didn't know. I don't know if it's a Christmas movie. I've never seen it. So I polled you guys on Instagram, and I said, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? 57% of you said yes, it was. So therefore, it had a shot at being in this tournament. I decided since it had a shot at being in the tournament, I was going to make it one of the vote-in seeds, which uh, you guys voted on to help it earn its way here. 49% of you voted for Die Hard. 30% of you voted for Gremlins. 13% voted for Bad Santa, and 8% voted for Krampus. Gremlins is another one of those where it takes place at Christmas, but it's not exactly a Christmas movie. Bad Santa, I've never seen it. And Krampus. Krampus, it gets slept on a lot. It's a Christmas horror movie, but it's kind of like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation meets like a cheesy 80s horror film. And I feel like that got lost on a lot of people, and people were saying it was lame and cheesy. And it was like over the top, but that was the exact purpose. So it was, it was a perfect mix of, uh, it was like dark comedy and I thought it was great. I love Krampus. It came out like seven, eight years ago. I remember watching it in theaters and I've watched it on TV a couple times since then, but it makes sense. Not a whole lot of people love horror movies. I think it deserved more than 8% of the vote, uh, but it didn't make the tournament, which I'm kind of bummed. I, I really like Krampus um, as a horror movie fan myself, but it didn't make it. Die Hard did. Um, so Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and it had to get through some other movies to even make it in this bracket, but it is here. Die Hard, the 14th seed, and it's going up against Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation version. And here is here's what I'm thinking is going to happen. We saw in the last tournament that literally just ended, Memes go a long way. Daddy God had no business being in the championship matchup, but it was there. It didn't win, but it made it all the way to the championship matchup. There were so many things on that side of the bracket that were actually worse sayings than Daddy God that were actually theologically like abhorrent. And Daddy God, in the grand scheme of things, really isn't that bad, but it's such a powerful meme. That's the power of the internet, y'all. The power of memery got Daddy God all the way to the championship. And I think people who say Die Hard is a Christmas movie, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. It's kind of a meme of like, yeah, this is the greatest Christmas movie ever. I think it's going to advance it past Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think Die Hard, this is the biggest upset that I'm predicting as the 14th seed. Die Hard is going to make it into the round of 32. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I think it's the best Christmas cartoon. It just got a tough draw. It's going up against a meme. So... And, and we've seen that memes do very well in this in these things. So the 14th seed is moving on into the round of 32. We'll see Die Hard again. Next up, we've got the 17th. Next up, we've got the seventh seed, Frosty the Snowman, versus the tenth seed, Holiday Inn. And I feel really weird about this tournament because I've also never seen Holiday Inn. It came out in 1942, so it's an older black and white movie. Uh, It's going up against the Frosty the Snowman cartoon from 1969. And Frosty the Snowman was a staple in my childhood. It was that one and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And I think a lot of you are going to agree. Holiday Inn, it very well well may be a classic, but remember who's voting on this. People that follow me on Instagram, Facebook. Primarily people that are, you know, close to my own age, even younger than me. So uh, I feel like... Frosty the Snowman is going to take it here uh, above the classic Holiday Inn. So Frosty the Snowman as the seventh seed is moving on. And the last first round matchup on that side of the bracket in the Holly region is to A Christmas Story versus the 2018 Grinch. And the 2018 Grinch, it's 
probably the newest movie in this whole bracket. I've never seen it. I've seen previews for it. It seems pretty annoying. Seems like you'd like it if you were a kid, but for an adult, I don't think it stands a chance. A Christmas Story is going to advance into the next round. I'll get into more of my thoughts about A Christmas Story later, um, but but we'll go ahead and move it on to for now. So moving on into the Sweet 16 on the left side of the bracket, we've got It's a Wonderful Life versus Scrooged, the one seed versus the eight seed. So we've got the classic It's a Wonderful Life versus the more modern rendition of A Christmas Carol. And I just feel like it's still too early for It's a Wonderful Life to get eliminated here. I feel like people really like Scrooged, but I'm just not sure if it has what it takes to beat It's a Wonderful Life. I've got It's a Wonderful Life advancing into the Elite Eight. Next up, we've got Home Alone 2 versus Jim Carrey's Grinch. And I feel like Home Alone, if this was the first one, it's the one seed on the other side of the bracket. Uh, but if it was the first one, it would have a chance at mo- making it all the way to the championship here. But I feel like that that second Home Alone doesn't quite carry the, the weight of, of the first one. And it's going up against a, a tough competitor, Jim Carrey's Grinch. So if you're like me, like Jim Carrey's Grinch was my... Well, I'm going to say it was my childhood, but it was it is unequivocally tied to my childhood where Home Alone 2 was a little bit too early. I still enjoy it, still think it's a great movie, but I think Jim Carrey's Grinch is going to move on into the Elite Eight over Home Alone 2. I hope I don't end up regretting this pick. Next up, we've got the sixth seed of Charlie Brown Christmas versus the 14th seed Die Hard. So am I going to go with the classic cartoon that I don't quite understand why people like it so much? Or am I going to go with the meme again? And you better believe it, buddy. I'm going with the power of the meme. Die Hard, the 14th seed, is moving on into the Elite Eight to tick off all the people who say that it's not a Christmas movie. But like I said, I'm unbiased in all this because I've never seen it. I cannot make an educated statement on if Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not because I've never seen it. But I think you guys are going to vote it into the Elite Eight, much to the despair of some other people. So that takes us into the last Sweet 16 matchup on this side of the bracket. We've got Frosty the Snowman, the seventh seed, versus the two seed, A Christmas Story. And, you know, I think this this bracket is going to be whatever we can find the middle ground of. Because there are a lot of movies here that are made just for children, and they were great for children. But they're not, they don't have a lot of staying power through the rest of your life. Even if you loved them as a kid, you can still love them now but I don't think Frosty is that. And on the other side, we have the hol- the classics like Holiday Inn, It's a Wonderful Life, and I don't think those are going to win this whole thing because the people voting is just too old. Uh, we may recognize that they're classics. Uh, so as far as Frosty versus A Christmas Story, A Christmas Story kind of fits in that sweet spot where it's not too old, but it's not too childish. It kind of, it's it's going to do well in this bracket, I think. So I've got A Christmas Story, the two seed, making it over the one seed uh, in this region. So out of the Holly region, the last four I have, I've got a one seed, a two seed, a four seed, and a 14. So not a whole lot of craziness except for Die Hard, the 14th seed, making it all the way here. Uh, So to start us off with the one versus the four, we've got It's a Wonderful Life versus The Grinch. Like I was just talking about, I think The Grinch, it's also in that sweet spot where it's not too childish, but it's also not so old that people kind of forget about it or people have never seen it. So I've got Jim Carrey's Grinch moving on into the final four. And it's going to take on the winner of Die Hard versus A Christmas Story. I think this is where the meme comes to an end. It's not going to have a daddy god run uh, because I think there are enough people out there to actually get kind of ticked off when people say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So I've got A Christmas Story, the two seed, making it into uh, the final four to take on the winner of the previous matchup, Jim Carrey's Grinch. So in the left side of the bracket, I have The Grinch with Jim Carrey versus A Christmas Story. And this one is really a toss-up, so I'm going to go completely on personal bias here. I think A Christmas Story, in my mind, is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It's got everything. It's got the nostalgia. It's got the appeal to children. It's got the humor for the adults. Uh, it's just, it's so relatable. And I guess, you know, maybe if you're a, most of the people I know that love a Christmas story are men. And maybe that's because we're the ones that can relate to Ralphie. Um, and it really, when I watched that movie, 
just that the narration and everything just takes me back to being a kid on Christmas and kind of going through those struggles that you don't think about as an adult. The, the, the whole movie of A Christmas Story is just kind of, it's kind of Ralphie against the world, like these kid problems as like a seven, eight-year-old against everything else. And it's just, it is a perfect Christmas movie. It's got everything. It's the greatest Christmas movie I've ever seen. It will never be topped in my mind. So just based on personal bias alone, I really want it to do well in this tournament. So I've got it advancing all the way to the championship matchup. It's coming out of the left side of this bracket, out of the Holly region. Uh, It's going to be the Holly region's representative in the championship matchup. So moving on into the right side of the bracket, we've got the Jolly region. And the one seed over here is, like I said earlier, Home Alone. It's going to go up against the 16th seed, the Bishop's Wife. Let's be honest here. I think this is going to be the biggest slaughter of the whole tournament. The Bishop's Wife, once again, one of those classic movies. It came out in 1947. I've never seen it. I suspect that very many of you have never seen it as well. While everybody sees Home Alone, everybody loves Home Alone, I think when I I took the poll of which Christmas movie is the best of all time, this was probably the second, first or second most popular answer. So it's definitely uh, going to win this matchup. That's my lock of the tournament. There's no way it doesn't. Next up, the 8-9 matchup. We've got A Muppet Christmas Carol versus Jingle All the Way. Both of these were actually voted in uh, by you guys as as some of the final seeds uh, in the tournament. So I wanted to have some kind of iteration of A Christmas Carol in here. So I had Mickey's Christmas Carol, A Muppet Christmas Carol, Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol, and the the classic 1951 A Christmas Carol. Well, the classic one only got 13% of the votes. That That was my vote. That was one I was hoping would win. Uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol got 21%, Jim Carrey's Christmas Carol got 25%, and finally A Muppet Christmas Carol got 41% of the vote to, to get it into this tournament. And also voted into this matchup was Jingle All the Way. It won in dominant fashion against the other three that it was up against. It got 61% of the vote, while A Medea Christmas only got 20 so thank goodness Medea's not here. You may like Medea humor, but I just don't get it. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas got 13% of the vote. And I accidentally put Bad Santa in here again. I meant to put Santa versus the Devil, but I accidentally put Bad Santa twice. But it, it, So it had two chances to get in, and it did it performed very underwhelmingly. Um, I don't think Santa Claus versus the Devil would have made it in either. Uh, but that's a, that's a trip right there. I watched a few minutes of it on YouTube. It's free. Um, it's wild. It's very wild. So if you're bored and you have YouTube, which you... It's free if you have an internet connection. So, uh, but go go and check out Santa Claus versus the Devil. Uh, you're in for a treat. So, anyways, a Muppet Christmas Carol versus Jingle All the Way eight nine. I've got the slight upset here. I've got Jingle All the Way moving on into the next round. I don't get the Muppets either, y'all. The Muppets are annoying to me. I didn't grow up with them. I have no personal attachment to the Muppets. Um, I just kind of wish the Muppets would go away. I don't like the Muppets. So I've got them getting eliminated here. That's not personal bias. I just think Jingle All the Way is is well-loved enough to where it's going to pull the slide upset here. Next up, we've got National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which is the 5 seed versus the 12th seed, The Nightmare Before Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas, I've never seen it, but I know there are a lot of diehard fans uh, but I don't, I, it's a tough draw for it, even as a 12 seed here, I guess National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it's, it's got, it's got most of the great elements of a solid Christmas movie. Um, I think it's going to win this matchup, no problem. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, there are a lot of diehard fans, like I said, probably going to be a fairly close matchup because of that, but I think Christmas Vacation will move on, uh, into the next round. Next up, we got the four seed versus the 13, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen versus Love Actually. I wanted Chick Flicks to be represented here in this bracket at least once. We didn't do any Hallmark movies because they're they're so terrible. Uh, Hallmark is not going to be in this bracket and take up the spot of a movie that's actually deserving to be here. Uh, so that's why Love Actually is here. I've never seen it, uh, but it's it's got no shot at beating Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. Uh, this one's going to be another first-round slaughter. The Santa Claus moving into the Sweet 16. Next up, we've got the Polar Express, which is the 6th seed versus the 11th seed Christmas with the Cranks. I was like an older kid when Polar Express came out. 
I think I saw it in theaters. I think we went on a school trip to watch it, if I'm not mistaken. If you went to Comanche High School or elementary school or whenever that came out. Yeah, it came out in 04, so I'd been probably like, what, fifth grade? I don't know. Tell me if you remember going seeing it as 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 a class, because I, I kind of remember that. I know I saw it in theaters. Maybe my mom took us or something. I don't know. But anyway, the Polar Express, sixth seed, going up against the 11th seed, Christmas with the Cranks. Christmas with the Cranks is always one of those movies. I, I go into it with higher expectations for, for whatever reason. It's never really that funny to me. It's comical, it's kind of whimsical, but it's not like overtly funny. Um, it's a fine Christmas movie, but I think Polar Express outclasses it here. Polar Express is going to move on into the Sweet 16. Next up, we've got the 3 seed versus the 14th seed, How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966 versus the 14th seed, Deck of the Halls. Uh, the, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, this is the original, the OG Grinch, the, the one that has Boris Karloff narrating and singing. Uh, just a classic if you watch it as an adult, it's not that great, but you respect it for what it is. It, it started kind of the Grinch franchise, and the other Grinches wouldn't be what they were today without the hard work of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas coming out back in the 60s. It's going up against Deck the Halls, which I believe has Danny DeVito in it. I think people are going to respect the, the original Grinch in this round at least uh, and send it on into the Sweet 16. Next up, we've got the seventh seed, Santa Claus is Coming to Town versus the tenth seed, White Christmas. So we've got a, a childhood classic versus one of the, the normal classics here. Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I watched this one last year, I think, with my nephew, and it is a good movie. It's one of the claymation ones, but it's just it's inspiring and it's it's good and it's going up against white christmas which once again one of the super old movies here came out in 1954 i just don't think this is the the classic movie's time to shine because of who's going to be voting on this so i've got white christmas being eliminated here santa claus is coming to town uh, is going to be moving on and then the last matchup of the round of 32 we've got the two seed elf versus the 15th seed Little Drummer Boy. Little Drummer Boy was in this bracket last year, or in the Christmas bracket, as a 15 seed. And somehow, as a 15 seed going up against the two seed, Santa Claus is coming to town. It held its own. Didn't win, but got about like 40-something percent of the vote. That is a trash song, and it is an equally trash movie. It's a claymation movie, which I'm fine with claymation. I love claymation. I loved it as a kid. I still love it now. But The Little Drummer Boy, the whole premise of it is so stupid. There is a baby that's being born, and your reaction as a child is to play the drums. That's the kind of kid we tell to shut up. Like, stop playing that drum around the baby. This isn't an adult. This is a kid. Where were the adults? Where were the adults that said, stop playing your drum for this baby? This baby doesn't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Who wants to hear just a drum by itself? nobody that's flipping annoying much this is, a, this is a child he can't be playing it that well to where it would be entertaining to anyone around much less a newborn baby much less parents that just gave birth to a newborn baby much less these animals that are around here at the stable at the manger what the crap the, the more you think about the little drummer boy the more infuriating it is i, I was creeped out by that movie as a kid i hate that movie it is the worst little drummer boy the 15th seed I hope it doesn't get a single vote. It's going up against the two-seed elf. So there's no way the little drummer boy is going to win this. This is my every single time. Every single... Well, no, I didn't do it the last tournament. Dang it. Uh, but I'm doing it now. Every single time I tell you if this one wins this whole tournament, I'm quitting podcasting forever. I'm deleting all the past episodes, canceling all my social medias. There'll be no more brackets. There'll be no more polls. There'll be no more Not A Christian Podcast if the little drummer boy not only just wins this, if the little drummer boy moves on to the second round, I will quit. I will delete everything. It won't. It's going up against Elf. Elf is going to win. Elf is a good movie. Not great. I'll get more into it later. Not great, but good. Uh, Elf is moving on. It's going to go to the Sweet 16. So let's go ahead and move on to the Sweet 16. Uh, we've got Home Alone versus Jingle All the Way of 1 versus 9. Home Alone is just too powerful to be stopped just yet. Jingle All the Way, good Christmas movie. By most people's accounts, but it doesn't stand much of a chance against Home Alone. Tough draw for it here. That takes us to the five seed versus the four seed. 
National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation versus Tim Allen's The Santa Claus. And I think just more people need to watch Christmas Vacation. I feel like it's the most hidden gem in all of Christmas movies. It's my second favorite Christmas movie of all time after A Christmas Story. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, it's hilarious. It's got, uh, it's also got sentimentality. Uh, it, it's got everything a good Christmas movie needs. And it it's kind of a little more on the humor side, more than the sentimental side, where it's the opposite with a Christmas story. So that's maybe that's why these are my top two Christmas movies, because where one maybe lacks a little bit, the other one delivers. But it's going up against Tim Allen's The Santa Claus, which is probably a top five Christmas movie for me. I give it fourth or fifth place. But uh, it's, it's going to beat Christmas Vacation. I hate to see Christmas Vacation go out early. I think, like I said, if this was just me filling out this bracket... On my personal opinion, it would go up against a Christmas story in the championship round. It would not win, but it would go up all the way to the championship round. Uh, but it, it's it's not happening here. I think you guys are going to vote Tim Allen's The Santa Claus into the Elite Eight. Next up, we've got The Polar Express versus How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966. And I think recency bias is going to play in here. And I think The Polar Express is going to pull an upset here. Uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, I think we recognize its greatness, uh, but bigger and better things have been done with the Grinch since it came out. It's just, those are just the facts. Jim Carrey's Grinch is far superior. Nobody's out here clamoring to watch How the Grinch Stole Christmas from 1966 every year. Got a great soundtrack with Boris Karloff, unforgettable, um, but it's it's not going to advance uh, past the Polar Express, in my opinion. An upset, but it's I think that's how it's going to play out. Next up, we got the seventh seed, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, versus the two-seed Elf. Elf was like the most requested, or the most suggested, I, I should say, movie in this whole thing. So I think you guys are going to vote it uh, past Santa Claus is Coming to Town. No problem. So on this side of the bracket, I've got a one-seed, a two-seed, a four-seed, and a six-seed. So the six-seed is the highest seed to advance here. And other than that, it was a chalk bracket, one, two, and four all still in here so that takes us to home alone versus the santa claus the one seed versus the four seed and i i think santa claus being a three seed might be a little bit of a disrespectful move here uh but that's just the way it played out in this tournament i think home alone is going to move on into the final four over the santa claus should be close but i think home alone is going to do it next up is the six seed polar express versus the two seed elf Polar Express is great, but it's not going to beat Elf. I've got Elf moving on into the next round, into the final four. And that takes us, on this side of the bracket, it's going to play out where the one seed and the two seed are going to be fighting it out to make it to the championship matchup. And out of Home Alone, the one seed and the two seed Elf, I'm going to give it to Elf. I just think, I just think too many people love that movie. It's pretty funny and... Like I said, I don't quite get it. I love it, but I don't think it's a greatest Christmas movie, but it's going to move on into the championship matchup. So we've got A Christmas Story versus Elf. And like I said, if this was based on personal opinion, A Christmas Story by a mile would win this, but I'm not going to base it on personal opinion. I'm going to base it on what I feel like the sentiment of the people is going to be. And I think Elf is going to win this whole tournament. It's going to get 70% of the vote in the championship matchup. So that's my prediction. That's my pick. I've got Elf moving on into into Christmas movie glory, and it's going to be the Not a Christian Podcast greatest Christmas movie of all time. Like I said, I think Elf is a good movie, but really, it's only funny up to a certain point. It's like they wrote, they fit all the jokes into the first half of the movie, and then the second half of the movie, it's, it's, it's not that funny. And I don't know. It's good. Like I said, I won't be mad if it wins. I just think there are better choices. The shower scene, all-time classic. Still lose my mind at that scene uh, when they're singing Baby It's Cold Outside. Great movie, but but not deserving of being named the greatest Christmas movie of all time. But that's just how I think you guys are going to vote. So the champion is going to be Elf. You heard it here first. Elf is what you guys are going to vote. It's the greatest Christmas movie of all time. 
So if you want to make a bracket, you are more than welcome to do it. Go to my social media. There's more specific instructions there. Uh, but go to the link in my bio, and there will be a link to a PDF. And you can either screenshot that or print it, or if I post it as a post on Facebook or Instagram, you can just screenshot it, do it on your phone, your computer, whichever. Print it out, take a picture of it, however you need to do it. Do it, send it to me. Just take a picture of it, send it to me. Take a screenshot, send it to me. Um, and, and I will enter you into the bracket challenge. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. Like I said, already 10 brackets submitted. And and it's only going to go up from here. So uh, fill out a bracket. You have nothing to lose. I have everything. Well, not everything to lose. I'm going to be giving away stuff. But I don't I don't gain anything when I win. I've won once. Um, and it was, it was glorious. I didn't have to buy a gift card to send to someone. Uh, but, uh, anyway, we, our, our championship board is getting kind of crowded. We now have two people that have won two bracket challenges and like, and there are now like five people who have one bracket challenge victory. So this is the 10th one. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but enter a bracket, send it to me, be a part of the festivities and the fun. Voting's going to start December 7th. That's a Wednesday. Start about five o'clock PM. So join us, vote. Fill out a bracket. Do something. Participate in Not a Christian Podcast, and the results of this episode are going to come out. And the results of the tournament are going to come out on December 23rd, a couple days before Christmas, and it should be a lot of fun. Let's go ahead and move on to the closing. Thanks for listening to the show today. It was a lot of fun. We talked about Facebook Marketplace. We talked about the Rat Czar of New York City. And finally, I, got, I told you guys that I think Elf is what you guys are going to vote as the greatest Christmas movie of all time. But who knows? Anything can happen in these Not a Christian Podcast tournaments. This one should be another wild one. I'm going to wrap this show up with my recommendation of the week. And this episode, I'm going to go ahead and recommend that you listen to another album. It's Baptized Imagination by King's Kaleidoscope. Uh, it came out a little over a month ago. I just haven't really had time to recommend it to you yet. It's one of my favorite albums of the year. In fact, I'm going to do my top 10 or 15 albums of the year at the end of December uh, in the New Year's Eve or day before New Year's Eve episode. I don't remember when it comes out. But uh, this is definitely going to be be in that list, uh, Baptized Imagination by King's Kaleidoscope. I've been a King's Kaleidoscope fan for probably six or seven years now, maybe even more than that. But this one is a very unique album, uh, but not the best King's Kaleidoscope album that's ever come out, but definitely something that's been uh, on repeat for me uh, for the past few weeks. Uh, if you're looking for really good songs to, to listen to off of it, some of my favorites are Wasn't I Worth It, Water Wasted, Look at me, past, present, future, and my favorite off of the album is called Joy. Uh, it's a really great album. It's a trip. Uh, get ready. If you check it out, be sure to let me know. Let me know what you think about it. And before you go, just one more plug, one more plea to you. Fill out a bracket. Make a bracket. Let's make this the biggest bracket challenge ever. Uh, this intro has been recorded since... Uh, since I did my bracketology. So as of now, I think there are 14 brackets submitted. So we are well on our way to making this uh, the best bracket challenge ever. Super excited about that. But for now, that's all the evangelical filth I've got for you. That's a wrap and that's a frat snap. Next time, I promise I'll do just a little bit better. Later. <laughs>